sitting on the rink. I'd like to think at some point, John looked at Fred and said, I'd rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people. Oh. Hi, and welcome to episode 11 of West End Talks. Today, I'm thrilled and honored to have Michael Vinson here. Some of you will know him from playing Hunter in title of the show, Richard Bailey in Kinky Boots, Brad in Hairspray, Peter in Bear, but most commonly a video known has just been announced as going to be playing Connie Collins in the 2020 West End version of Hairspray when that comes to stage. <laughs> at the moment it's coming to stage on the 1st of September, but that we'll use at the moment. But welcome Michael, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. It's, it's a real pleasure to have you. Uh, so obviously I was saying that when that comes to, to screen, or to screen to stage, sorry, because uh, obviously it was supposed to be on right now, actually. It was supposed to be on yep. April time. It was opening uh, and finishing mid-June, wasn't it, initially, I would say? The initial uh, one was going to... I think we were, we were originally closing uh, the end of August. Um, was it the end of August? So was... Yeah, I think was we were was originally... That, originally yeah, I think there was a little extension put on the end of it because it was oh. doing so well with the ticket wise. And then, ta-da. But now, ta-da. No, you're not getting to put it on. One of the best musicals in theatre history, especially with the, the legendary Edna. Um, then, can you? He's coming back. It was, it was announced way last year. Uh, I've looked forward to it for over a year. But no, no, we're not getting to it. Well, we will get to it. I'm we sure will you... get to it. The cast will put, we'll push it on at some point, but we'll come to that back to hairspray later on. Uh, got a few questions about it. Because um, this is the, obviously, as I said, this is your second time in hairspray uh, on the West yeah. End. So we'll touch on that later when you played Brad, uh, when you were slightly younger. Uh, uh, no, I'm not saying you need to, you look younger or anything. No, uh, I, I, I feel like I do. <laughs> the character was younger, obviously, than Connie Collins. Yeah, um, he was. Yes. So, but firstly, the way we'll start the way we normally start, and that's just asking, how did you get into performing? Oh, um, well, I always used to, I don't really remember my parents being very heavily into musical theatre or anything, but um, my mum tells me that she used to go and see all of the West End shows with my nan. Uh, when she was a little girl, my nan used to love it. My my mum saw um, Mary Martin and Sound of Music at Drury Lane and um, all of that stuff. And the King and I at the Palladium the first time it was around in the 60s and all of that. Uh, but I don't remember really growing up, going to the theatre until I was seven, I think. I went on a school trip to see Cats at the New London. Um, right. And it was the first thing that I, first theatre I remember going to. Um, and we walked in and I'd, I'd walked up the stairs and I'd seen the programme and I don't know if you, for anyone that knows cats really well, there's a moment where they all get together in like a big pyramid and they all look around and they all go, <laughs> and that was a really good impression. Never big in cats. <laughs> um, and that was the, that was the centrefold picture in the programme. And that scared me, Seven. Uh, then I walked in and I saw all these giant, tires and baked bean tins and whatever it was around the set and I was absolutely terrified and one of the chaperones um, was the nan of one of the other boys in my class and she said oh she'd seen it before and um, they they come into the audience and they like crawl around the seats and things and that was me gone I was gone I was out and I ran out into the foyer 
and uh, my dad had to come out with me. Um, uh, my parents had both been chaperoning as well. Uh, my dad came out into the foyer with me and sat there and I refused point blank to go in. Um, and we sat and watched the first half on the screen in the foyer bar. Uh, they used to exit through the audience at that time. I don't remember if they still do or not, but in the new London they did. Um, and a couple of the cast came out at the end of Act One before they opened the doors for the audience to get out into the foyer and came over to my dad and said, what's wrong with him? You know, is he, is he okay? Why are you sat out here? And dad said, he's a bit scared and everything. And they tried to explain to me um, about it and you know what it, what it was and everything and they showed me this door by the bar that was the pass door for them to get back to their dressing rooms backstage and they said oh um, there's a couple of scary bits coming in up in act two um, and they asked me where my ticket was and I just so happened to be on the end of a row right by a staircase so they said oh well we we get a little bit of a break where we can like sit by the audience or something we'll come check you're okay and they did in Act Two, and they told me to come to this door after the show. So my dad and I went to this pass door, and they took me backstage and they showed me round the theatre. They showed me the sets behind the scenes and where they all come from. Then they showed me the dressing rooms. They showed me that it was all makeup and wigs, and it was all make believe and pretend. Yeah. Um, and I walked out the theatre. I got into the car and I turned around to my mum and I said, "That's what I want to do with my life. That's it." And that was it, ever since. So. Luckily, I seem to be okay at it, so I've uh, managed to make a career out of it. Yeah. Oh, hey, you're, you're okay. I think you're slightly more than okay, Michael. Just slightly more than okay. But so, uh, I think there's, there's some questions from that. Is If Cats was the first musical you wanted to see, why was it that the one that made you want to do musicals? Like, for me, that would put me off, but that's my opinion. I'm not getting into that one, don't worry. <laughs> that's just an opinion. <laughs> uh, what was your first role, your kind of first main role? Um, I was part of the I was part of the choir at school, um, and then I don't really remember if we did. I think we did Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, and I was Joseph at school in uh, that sort of thing. Um, I think my first main role that I really remember doing main role was I did Oliver in Oliver when I was in year seven I think I was right um which was weird because I'd literally I had arrived late to my secondary school because I was on the UK tour of Oliver in Fagan's Gang playing Kipper when I was 10 so I and that was over the summer and it clashed by like two weeks so I had to turn up start secondary school like two or three weeks later than everyone else because I was doing the Oliver okay, tour. yeah I was just on tour of the UK you know I'm sorry just... sorry it is me cocky little 10 year old like uh, sorry I've just been a uh, tour in the UK with Russ Abbott how are you guys yeah so if you don't know something like, oh well, you went to Barbados oh that's nothing you know <laughs> as a musical gentleman <laughs> I'm not like that I promise <laughs> I think all actors are slightly like that that's bit. what I love that's what I love about them that's uh, you need to kind of big up yourself because if you don't who does that's my, my view exactly uh, so now we move on to the main bit of West End Talks. So West End Talks don't hold any responsibility on the next questions. Uh, they're all from your fans. Uh, yes, you do have fans, Michael, don't worry. You, you do have fans. All three of them. <laughs> no, we have quite a few. Uh, the first one actually uh, is from a guy called Peter. 
uh, nothing to do with the, the, with beer. Hey, but he asks, what is your favourite song in Kinky Boots? Oh, my favourite song in Kinky Boots. That one easy one, I thought. It's not an easy one. I love King I love all the songs in Kinky Boots. Um, everybody say yeah. Yeah. End of Act One. The the second that song starts, you, you there's a lot of them. Them. Like there's not many songs in Kinky Boots you don't want to dance along to. Oh like, yeah, yeah. There's one or two, That's obviously. That. Isn't but that one for me, and especially when you, when the treadmill start going, and everyone, it's it's the first time that everyone gets together as one as a whole cast. We've all done our dips and bobs, and that was the moment that everyone came together, and it was just a big party on stage. And when I saw those travelators, I was like, "Get me on the water stage!" <laughs> I just see us in the audience and think, "I want to show that." <laughs> oh my god! And they're terrifying. The first time you step on them, they are terrifying. But they run in, um, in, they have two speeds that they can go at and they are in tempo with the, with the music. So as long as you are walking in rhythm, you're absolutely fine. That would me out. I have no rhythm whatsoever. Uh, none at all in voice or dance, uh, whatever way that is. So, so the next, that's good. So obviously you were in, you were in Kinky Boots uh, in the West End with yeah. Richard Bailey, uh, which is what people would have seen you and understudy Charlie Price. Charlie Price, yeah. So uh, you, you were on, obviously, uh, what, what one was better to play for you? But, uh, what, Charlie? They're, they're both kind of equal, like not equal, but they've both got the good bits, and they're obviously the bad bits, but they're sad bits. But hmm. Charlie Price, um, obviously, uh, he's a lead. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Charlie's the, one of the leads, so it was it, it's always fun to go on for your, for your cover when you're an understudy. Um, the thing I loved about Charlie was, other than Peter in Bear, he was the first kind of normal person that I've got to play. And I, I don't, I don't like, I, I say that with like Joey from Friends quotes. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> he's the first person that is is not. Um, quite so fantastical it's not it's he's not a, a stereotype he's not um a heightened reality kind of person he's a real person you know he could it could literally be someone who you walk down the street and, and pass in the street and don't even recognize and that could be their backstory um not that other things i've done couldn't be but i think he was the first one that i was like okay no this is your your average joe yeah. kind of guy which is nice as an actor especially with the shows I've done being um more happy clappy kind of things I like to call them sometimes um <clears throat> which Kinky Boots is that style of show but with the heart behind it and the fact that it is literally this very real story set in a very real place it, it was the first time that I was like oh no this is really nice to kind of sink your teeth into and not have to overact and put on this whole thing. Although the Northampton accent is very difficult to master. <laughs> I don't, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't, I would even try accents. Uh, that's definite. Uh, so, so Callum, moving on slightly, Callum goes on to another one of your roles that you've played. I've got a photo, bear with me. Didn't tell you about this. Uh, but we have a photo of you. Oh, there he is. 
obviously you're blonde, Fred. Uh, that, yeah, that when you were you were blonde. Back you you obviously blonde. you played Peter in the the what we would call the UK premiere of beer. Certainly the London premiere of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably might have been done in other parts of the UK, but certainly in London, this was yeah. the premiere back in the Union Theatre, and it was Paul Taylor Mills that brought it to the the forefront. Um, as a, a director, obviously you brought Peter to the forefront. Um, we have spoke to Daniel already, who did the, the relaunch last year's beer. Yeah. Um, so we've got his take on it. But as a as a you're, you're a gay man yourself, and, and so am I. But so as a an LGBT representative, what was it like bringing such a a true story? Because it is it, it, this is a genuine. This is not your. You have two types of of gay characters. I feel, and especially males, in in musical theatre, you've got the the Cam, Priscilla, Queen of the Days, that Pinky Boots kind of like yeah, yeah, that yeah. idea. Or you've got, and then you've got Peter and, and people like that who are, as you said, normal. Uh, but the other yeah. ones are normal as well, but they like down yeah. to our just no, normal gay, gay guys, like, for example, Peter. What was it like bringing him to the forefront? Um, it was literally a dream come true. Um, I I came across Bear when I was at college. I was I was very young at college. I went to college when I was fifteen, and I graduated when I was eighteen. Um, and I went through my own coming out process in my final year of college. Uh, and not getting into that, it, w- it wasn't an easy coming out process. Mine it was um, uh, very very similar to Peter's. Um, so when I came across that musical, being a uh, a musical theatre lover, um, and seeing my myself reflected in that story, um, and the fact that the, it was it was a, a show that was I've seen myself reflected in it, but then the show was beautifully written. The music's incredible. Um, there's so much heart to it. Uh, it is a very niche show uh when we did it at the union a lot of the reviews said this show is marmite um it, it you know you love it or you hate it for me i love it it has a, a bit of a cult following um when it came around i had just been out of the industry for uh just over a year because i'd been diagnosed with testicular cancer when i was on tour with legally blonde um and there was the first thing that I came back into the industry doing um, and my agent got a phone call from the casting director Will Burton saying you know we've got this project um, I think Michael's really right for it you know is is he ready to come back sort of thing and um, I, I I asked what it was and it was there and I said yes absolutely um, so I went in and I met Paul um, I I only actually did one audition for it. I think I sang Role of a Lifetime and that was it. And then the next day they rang and offered me the role, um, which was the fastest audition process of my life as well. <laughs> um, and I I remember being a bit, is this, is this real? Is this actually happening? Is someone entrusting knowing what that meant to so many young men like me 
um, is thinking, is someone entrusting this role to me? That was a massive, massive deal to me. And I never, ever took that for granted. Um, doing the show itself, it felt a bit like therapy for me. Um, yes, I can imagine. Uh, it's intense. It's extremely intense um, to go through that roller coaster of emotions and start the show in a very strange place and you're going you're going all over the place with it um and then ending the way it ends um the the conversation with peter's mother the phone call song is a whole different level of intent um mm-hmm. and then the 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 actual ending of the production is it just got to the point where it was just like I'm. I I remember in rehearsal saying to Paul Taylor Mills, "I I, I how do how do we get to that point?" And he, it was basically just you just got to lay your heart out there and and do it because if you're not honest, if you're faking it and oh I'm crying because my boyfriend is dying in my arms, it's it's not going to read. So it wasn't a case of and now I've got to cry. It was a case of, right, let's just blank everything out. Let's focus on this. Let's be in the moment, be very present. And I, I learned a lot about myself as, a, as an actor on that show. And luckily for me, I had the most amazing co-star in Ross William Wilde, who from day one was my absolute rock throughout the entire production. We were inseparable. We, we just... We, it just clicked. We just had chemistry, and it, it worked. Um, and yeah, it was an experience. I've waffled a lot about these. these You're fine. Yeah, absolutely fine. Don't worry. Uh, it was it was really interesting to like just to listen. It was it was nice. Um, I'll I'll be perfectly honest. I knew nothing about the show until about a week after it started last year in the vault. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard of it. Hadn't heard any songs. Nothing at all. I don't know why. The musical theatre lover, there's not many musicals out there that I don't know about, especially mm. ones that are so like LGBT. Um, but when got to it last year and I have completely fell in love with the musical. I'm a bit like you. I'm not a performer at all, but I'm a bit like you. I do see a lot of me in Peter and uh, his boyfriend, which his name has completely escaped me. Jason, Jason thank you. Uh, that was terrible. I'm like, oh, I had it too sensible. Uh, no, so I, I do see a lot of, of because of similarities in both characters, but Peter, as a character, I, I, I can't think of anyone harder to play. He's one of the, he's not got very many happy scenes. No, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think through it. I mean, I always enjoyed, I always relished the um, the moment where Peter gets high on the space cakes. Just because it was my little moment to have a have a bit of fun, um, yeah. I always loved Best Kept Secret because it was uh, a little in the first time you saw a like a, an intimate moment between Peter and Jason where it it was honest and it wasn't sexualized. The first couple of moments, like in the opening when you first see them together, Jason's very much trying to make it very sexual, and you see Peter in a lot of personal like soliloquy moments in role of a lifetime and everything but the best kept secret is the first time you really see them as a couple and then it instantly turns on its head um it's it is it's in, it's intense it's intense to play but it's worth it and it's worth it when 
you get the response from the people that experience have experienced it themselves or see themselves reflected as you say in those characters it was that that was um that was never a case of i want loads of people to tell me how wonderful the show is or how wonderful i am or any reviews to say i'm incredible and or like the show to be honest with you a lot of the reviewers didn't like the show but the the messages i got from the the young gay men that were saying thank you for not being that stereotype and just being honest meant the world to me I can imagine, definitely. I can imagine that. Uh, I think the, the reviews, unfortunately, are because it is a very niche market. Um, I think musical theatre lovers will, will watch it, but I think with, with the actual message behind the story, it's a very niche market. And I think, I keep going back to the vaults because that's the only one I've seen, but the vaults one had the same sort of reviews, I think, because they had very, very mixed reviews as well. Um, my, what what's your favourite song? That was what like in in the show oh, in in bear. Yeah, in bear. Oh, roll of a lifetime, hands down. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Mine's God make God, God don't make no trash. Oh, God don't make no trash is incredible, and that was a lovely moment to just sit and go. I'm going to sit and watch you sing. Yeah, I'm doing nothing really. here. I'm just going to sit and be an audience member. <laughs> uh, I can imagine. Yes. Uh, well, we'll get rid of this. Uh, I'm sure this is a a lovely picture. But we'll get rid of bleach blonde. We'll go back to it to make it. Go back to your straight at the moment. We have another photo, but we'll come to that one later. Um, so yeah, so Bear was was, was a great movie, movie? no, a musical. Uh, so so we'll move on slightly, and we'll we'll get back more upbeat. Uh, Becky asks, "What is your pre-show ritual? Do you have any pre-show rituals?" Um. Yes. Uh, in general, they depend on the show. Um, I yeah, I'll I'll start doing things during tech or during the first few performances where I'll I'll you know I'll put things on in a certain order and then it just gets in my head. In general, at the oh hello, this is my hello. <laughs> things. Is it hello? Right, off you go. That's my husband begging his head through the door. Go on, go on, go see Daddy. Go on. He's going to run around. Um, anyway, uh, in yeah, uh, things that happen on every show. Uh, at the quarter hour call, I brush my teeth, um, and at the half hour call, I start putting my microphone in my hair and doing my doing my makeup. Um, at the quarter hour call, I brush my teeth, and I usually pop in a. Uh, lozenge like a Jakeman's mental lozenge thing um and then at the five minute call I go to the toilet and then at the beginning as I go down and then when I'm ready to when the show's about to start someone asked me once in a, a teaching q and I did when I was in hairspray the first time my dog's just rolling around Someone asked me, what's the last thing you think about before you go on stage? And I was in the, I was in the Q&A with a load of other actors. Hastings, please stop it. <laughs> Hastings, stop it. 
Um, and they all said, oh, I really get into character, really focus and all that. And I said, I check to do check if my fly zips up on my trousers. Oh, I love it. Always the last thing that goes in goes in through my mind before I walk on the stage is, or before the curtain goes up, is, is my fly done up. I love it, yes, I do love it. Uh, obviously, things may change because you're not initially on at the start of your space. So you've got quite a bit of a, a wait before Connie obviously comes on, so you don't have the the, the stress as say Lizzie will have. Lizzie will have. Lizzie, sorry, Lizzie will have because she's on immediately. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the rest obviously the ensemble, but Lizzie, she's the, obviously she's not there. Was she's in this poster, but she's not. Um, she plays Tracy, or she's playing Tracy. Yeah. Um, and we'll touch on her a bit more when we come to the hairspray part. But obviously, with that one, you're, you're, Corny's not on for a bit, so. Um, no, he's, he's um, well, from what I remember um, before, when I did it before, he's, he's down because everyone that at One Beginners is everyone in up to the end of Nicest Kids. So oh, he was yeah, always. You are actually need to be ready for the beginners then. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so Michelle, she wants to know, what advice would you give to students who want to make it in the West End? Um, <clears throat> be a sponge. Be a sponge and soak up absolutely everything you possibly can. Um, I teach a lot when I'm, actually when I'm in work, I teach a lot as well. Um, and what I always say to my students is be a sponge. And that doesn't just mean soak up everything you can from your teachers. That means soak it up from the people in the class around you. That means go home and find a video on YouTube and then click on the next one in the little bar next to it and then click on the next one. I can be in YouTube cycle. I can Google one, one video. I can search for one video on YouTube and you will find me two and a half hours later still watching videos of people singing at 54 Below, of people dancing at Easter Bonnet competitions, at people singing at Crazy Cocks, of people, of like old Broadway footage that hasn't been seen for ages. I, I love to, and I love to watch the same song performed by five people, because I love to see everyone's different interpretations. And that's how you will learn to be the best, because you'll see what works and what doesn't work. And then you'll try it out and then you will see what works on you and what doesn't work on you. Um, you're never, not you're never, you are, you're, you're always learning. I've, I'm still learning to this day. I still, in, in lockdown, I've been going through the Corny Collins material for hairspray and seeing what works with that, what works with this, what, you know. And I've already played the role. I understudied it back in 2007. I've done Corny Collins plenty of times, but this time I want to put my own spin on it that's not, you know, so much a get thrown on as an understudy thing. Yeah. Be a sponge, soak it up, soak up everything you can, learn, learn from everyone else because they're at the top of their game and they're out there performing for a reason. Um, and then go from there. Does that make sense? That makes that sense, yes, that's, that's good advice. Definitely, I'm sure Michelle will take something from it. Um, so that's good. Um, Sorry, Michelle, you're not waffling. You're answering the question in great detail, which is good. Um, so, so Rob asks, 
would you ever consider doing Broadway? And if so, what role would you like to do that's currently on Broadway? Currently, as in just before lockdown, obviously, there's nothing, unfortunately, nothing currently on, but. Um, so firstly, well, would, you, would you consider doing Broadway? Well, obviously. You see, some actors don't want to do it. Some actors are quite happy in the West End. I would, I would love the opportunity, but I wouldn't want to go over there for uh, an extended period of time or to move over there permanently. So you would do a short I run? Am, I am very much a home bod. I love, I love being at home. I love London. It's, it's my, my life. And it would be amazing to have the opportunity to go over there and do something, but as long as I get to come home. So um, what role would you do that's currently on Broadway then? Oh, I can't think what's even over there at the moment. I'm telling you what's currently on. So you've got Hello Dolly, or is that still on? You've got Beetlejuice. You've got The Prom. I think The Prom's just closed, but The Prom, yeah. Frozen. Um, yeah, um, mean Girls. Uh, when I'm older, I'm not old enough yet. But um, uh, Beetlejuice, Ab Adam in Beetlejuice. I can see is that, yes. I can see is that. I can also see is Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> the, the, the UK Although, premiere. Some, a friend of mine um, was over there at the uh, end of last year, I think it was, and she went to see Tootsie. And she said, oh, my God, Michael, in 10 years, it's you. And I was just like, oh, my God. I was like, right, bitter, sarcastic actor. Great. Thanks. Love you too, dear. <laughs> you, you saying I could play that role or I will be that role? What, what are you saying here? <laughs> what, which one? But no, message right? I'll teach you the Scottish accent. We'll get it down. Don't worry. Please do. Oh, right, we'll get that down. We'll get that. Yeah, the addition for the, the, the launch. What sorry? I love learning new accents. I mean, they terrify me, but I love I love learning them. I don't know how much good a teacher I'd be, but uh, <laughs> so so Adam and Beetle just to answer Rob's question uh, as we as we do, before we digress. Uh, so Jerry, he wants to know if you had to be in lockdown with any of the characters you have done before, which would you choose and why? If I had to be in lockdown with any of the characters I've done before. Um, oh, it's <laughs> a tough one. It's uh, a tough one. Hunter in title of show, because he's fun. Because <laughs> he's fun and he's creative, and I feel like I'd I'd be able to. Oh, there, there, there he is. <laughs> Feel like I'd, I feel like I'd, I'd, I'd get on, I'd get on really well with him. No, that was a, that was a show you done just recently, wasn't it? That was one of your last shows, certainly. Yeah, you did. Uh, it was title of the show. It was on at Above the Stag, uh, which is not West End, but it's slightly, it's, it's still classed as a London theatre. Um, yeah. And it's it's mostly LGBT that they put on, isn't it? It's mostly kind of yeah. LGBT themes that they put on. Um, I think majority. I think it is actually 100. Yeah, it's, it's um. I think it has a connection to the LGBT London, in some way. Is it? It's only London's only LGBT theatre, like specifically. I think it is. 
Don't quote me on that. I think but no. I think, I think you're right. I think yeah, right. To be honest, I think it's it's certainly it's 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 anything I've seen at it. it it's had a it's, it's main an amazing venue. Yeah, it's an absolutely incredible venue, and everyone that works there is a proper little family, and it's awesome, awesome place to work. So, if anybody had, didn't see, didn't have the pleasure of seeing title of the show, give them just a brief outline of, of who a hunter is and and what what the show was about without giving too much away. In case they do it. Okay, um, title of show is a um, musical about two guys putting on a musical about two guys putting on a musical. Is that right? Yes, that sounds right. Yes. About two guys putting on a musical about two guys. Yeah, that is right. I understand. Um, that's that's what title of the show is. It's very meta. It's basically um, the writers uh, Hunter Bell and Jeff Bowen um, were writing, decided to enter a musical theatre uh, festival, and they had to write a musical for it. And so they didn't know what to write, and so they just started writing about themselves, and it eventually evolved into a piece about writing a musical for a festival. Um, so they literally wrote what they were doing and then they got their friends involved and title of show is what came out of it. Um, Hunter is the book writer and uh, lyricist and Jeff is the composer. Yeah, it's no, literally yeah. the story of them writing the show that you are watching at the, at the time. Yeah, it's fantastic. It, it was, it's, it's got a lot of comedy in it. Uh, there's some a wee bit of heartfelt at the end as well, but no, it was a really good yeah, show. Yeah. Um, uh, it was just fun to watch. You were an absolute screen, like genuinely so funny, and it was great to, to watch. Thank you. Um, completely different to 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 bear and to other uh, parts of played. Completely um, different to there. <laughs> like the complete opposite end of the spectrum. But um, equally, one of those shows that I wanted to do as much as there. And when that came along, it was that was me ringing my agent going, hi, title of show is doing Above the Stag and I've got nothing to do at the moment. Could you, could you have a look into that? Thank you. Could you could you have a look into it, please? Thank you, please. Thank you. Just please, just do it. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so that's, that's a good one. So the title of the show, definitely. Uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm positive I'll get another one somewhere, if not the Above the Stag again. It was, it's a good musical. We, Said we want we want to do it again. Rob Robert uh, McWhorter that did that directed it had done it previously. Uh, I think seven years before, um, somewhere on another fringe venue in London. I can't remember where it was with um, uh, and a different cast. And then he did it with us, and he said he loved the show. And we were all just we had a, a quite a short run of it, and yeah. we all got on like a house on fire. We had the most amazing time. Um, and we just we just keep saying to him, and every time I see him, I'm just like, "Can we do it again?" He's like, "Never say never, never say never." So I'm I'm going to hold him to that at some point. No, it definitely is. I don't think it should wait another seven years to come back. Um, no, I think that's I think, like, I think it's maybe, a longer run. Yeah, give us a, give us a longer run in a shorter venue. You know, next year, sometime, a year after that, same cast, me and Jordan, Natalie and Kirby, whatever, we'll lovely time. Yes, no, it was it was a good show. Uh, now, now we we come to to that point in the show. Just need a wee just touch up, you know, <laughs> a bit of hairspray. 
so, so a couple of questions. I see a couple of questions. Uh, yeah, some questions. I think is a better way of putting that. Uh, about your your upcoming show, uh, which at the moment is its opening, as we said, it, in the, it stays here in April, but that's actually all post up. Just ignore that. Uh, <coughs> uh, opening the first September in the London Coliseum. Uh, now that's a yes. uh, fantastic venue. Obviously, fantastic cast. Like when I heard the cast last, it, every time they mentioned another name, it was just getting better and better. Um, obviously, it was announced way, way, way back last year that Hairspray was coming back to the West End, and this gentleman mm -hmm. here was reprising his legendary role. Uh, way, way before, it was even before the the, the concert was announced. That's how far away, that's how long ago it yeah. was. Uh, it was all before that was even now announced. Um, so, and then obviously, beginning, end of last year, beginning of this year, they started revealing cast. And obviously, Rita Simmons was announced as a uh, Velma. Um, now here's my brain. Don't don't tell me. Obviously, you were announced as Connie Collins. Paul Merton was announced as Mr. Turnblad. Um, some I can't think of the girl's name. That's terrible. But little Lines was announced. The only one I haven't seen, obviously, Leslie Lizzie was Lizzie B was announced as as, as hairspray as Tracy Turnblad. Um, only person in a sorry, Johnny Ains from Sex Education was announced as yeah. a like lacking. Um so why was it why do you think that no no that's not the question I was gonna ask first, hold on, bear with me seconds, I've lost my train of thought. Uh, the only person I haven't seen announced was seaweed. Has seaweed been announced? Yeah, it seaweed came uh, uh, announcement with the entire casting. So the first question, um, obviously, great cast, great lineup uh, yeah. for the show. Um, the, the first kind of question from fans, Jack wants to know, is what is you haven't obviously started main rehearsals yet, but you've met up as a cast, haven't you? Because you had the kind of publicity uh, and stuff. So you've... We we did. Well, I did an afternoon of rehearsals and they did another day and then they went for a third day so basically we started rehearsals on the 16th of march um the nicest kids and the motormouth kids um all were in in the morning learning uh there's a lot of uh vocals in the show um because what people don't realize about hairspray is um while the nicest kids are on stage performing nicest kids the motormouth kids are backstage singing um because you tried dancing nice as kids and sounding like that not going to happen and the same with run and tell that when the motormouth kids are on stage dancing that full out the nicest kids not that they're not on stage singing because they are but they're being backed up by that so everyone sings every song uh -huh. um that's some insider information for you there <laughs> it's it's not just the the people that you see on stage are the only people singing if there is backing vocals going on it is the entire cast and they are in the wings singing along even with um uh i know where i've been at the end of the show uh motormouth 
Maybell's big number. Um, the nicest kids are in the in the wings doing all the struggle and all that. Um, I say that because that's the bit that sticks in my head the most. <laughs> um, uh, so that's that they were in learning the vocals in the morning and then we all arrived the entire cast came together at about one o'clock i think it was um we did a little bit of you can't stop the beat all together we we stood in a circle and did them like a mini hi i'm so and so i play this um at the time we had a discussion then with the producers quickly they said about what they knew was happening and what what will be happening with the show with regards to rehearsals because this was right at the beginning of the COVID-19 outbreak. Um, and then everyone went home apart from me and the nicest kids and we spent the first afternoon doing nicest kids. Um, so I spent my first day of rehearsals doing that and having a lovely time. Then, <laughs> and, then and then literally- What is Joyce's way? No, you're not doing that. <laughs> came out of rehearsals that day, checked my phone and all my friends were like, we've just had our show canceled, the West End's gone dark. And I just had the most amazing afternoon, living my best life, going, singing. Well, yeah, all your friends were getting killed, go oh, home, my you're not working. getting told to go home, then you're not working tonight. Um, so yeah, sorry, I've completely digressed again. I've forgotten what the question was. <laughs> so it's, what was the question? Uh, what was the best thing about working with this guy? I didn't really start the question, that's what it was. Because it was, I, I mentioned, obviously, that you haven't really started rehearsals, but what, what's yeah, the yeah. best thing about working with, with with Michael, the legend, um, in the first question. From my experience of working with Michael, Michael ad adopted the, oh, I'm hearing myself back now. Um, Michael adopted the mama role to the extreme. He is, he is just a big old bundle of love. He loves it. He loves theatre. He loves the role. He loves the show. He loves um, teaching younger people because, you know, a lot of the cast are very young. Um, I sit there and I go, oh my gosh, they're, they're so young. I mean, one of them is 19 um, and Hairstro was the first show she ever saw in, in the West End, I think she said, and I was like, oh, you're very young, please. Step back, you make me feel very old. But then I realised that I was 19 when I started rehearsals the first time round. You're for um, Brad. Yeah. So uh, Michael is very good at passing on his his wisdom, his knowledge. He's been doing it for so many years. He knows. He's so experienced. He knows how the business works inside and backwards. And he's very generous with with that information and being the the mother figure um on top of that he just he's classy he he leads a company with class and humility and I sound like i'm like i'm listing things he's told me to say and i'm really not i'm actually paying you for this sentence <laughs> i'm really not he's just a lovely guy he's, he's no anything i've met him I've met him a few times at Sage Doors and stuff, and he's always got time for the fans. Um, yeah, always, always. He's, he's, he's an absolute sweetheart. Definitely, so it's great. But and it helps that he's so flipping talented and so good at the role and all of that. Yes, anything he steps in, anything I've seen him say, I've seen him in three, little, three very different roles recently. Uh, obviously, he played hmm. um, 
Javert in, in Le Mis the concert. Um, he did Chess last summer, uh, which was fantastic. And I've obviously seen him as a, yeah. a few times. Um, he's played it in the tour and and End before. So he's fantastic at it. He's he's yeah. uh, everything he's done. He's done a lot more than that. I'm not saying that's the only yeah. three roles he's done because he's I done. I saw a lot. him do um, Sweeney Todd at the Adelphi. With, I never, unfortunately, with Amelza Staunton. Um, and I, I went to I went to go and say hi to him afterwards. Um, and I I just and he had his he had his little goatee beard and it was all slipped over. And of course, I was used to seeing him as clean shaven and in a wig and a dress. Yeah. Like that. And I was just like, I can't, I mean, I know, I know you're Michael Ball and I know you're an actor and I know you're very talented and I know this is what you do, but I can't quite look at you like this because this is not who, who, I, who I know. I, I don't know you as this person. This is very, very strange. You know, uh, one of my biggest Swiss end regrets is not seeing him as, as uh, Sweeney. Uh, we're Melda, but well, you never know what was around the corner for him. He's still, uh, what is he, been, been in the, the, the show business for years and still only 21. <coughs> uh, I'm sure you would agree with that. But moving moving on, uh, moving away, because it's, it's Michael's interview, not not a uh, how good Michael, Michael Ball loves her. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not it's Michael, it's not that one. Uh, David, thing you're looking forward to to playing Cormac? And not get back on stage, just the actual role of Connie. <laughs> I know we're all um, that. I am, um, as I said before, I I was the understudy for Connie when we opened the show in two thousand and seven. Um, so I've I've played it before. I've played it quite a few times before, um, but not rehearsing it as my own role. Um, I was the understudy, and not that. I wasn't ever directed um, in understudy rehearsals to, you know, with with my own intentions or anything. But you know, as an understudy, sometimes it, it can be a bit more right. Let's get the blocking taught, and then so you are ready to go on the stage, and then we can start to develop the character. I am really looking forward to finding my version of Corny in the rehearsal room. Can you let us into any any secrets? What sort of things you might be bringing to the table? No, I just <laughs> I don't. I haven't had a chance to explore it that that much yet. I just I always saw Connie Connie as um Connie is a, a very much a a very liberal person. Um, uh, someone someone described him as glib once. So he's very very uh says the right thing at the right time that kind of person but yeah. mm -hmm. he's got so i read a description of him once uh, that said um he has one eye on progress and one eye on his hair and <laughs> i like that i i just love the idea of of uh toying with the vanity side of it in contrast to this very liberal liberal let's all have a lovely time together and dance together because Corny is the person that you know allows that to happen to a certain extent. But he does, he's the one people. Tracy helps, but I think it's Corny the one that obviously ends up uh, yeah, Corny gets him in the back door, Corny's you know he gets her on the show in the first place. 
yeah, you get that in, which then turns into obviously getting getting rid of Negro Day and everything as well. Um, obviously, these are actual names in case anybody's watching at home. These are actual names in case you haven't seen the show. Uh, we're not being nasty in any way. Uh, in case we see anything that you think Negro Day is actually what they see in the show. Um, so obviously, <laughs> Hairspray is a very it was a groundbreaking musical um, because it, it it covered a lot of of stories, including obviously Tracy's weight. Um, and obviously made Edna's weight as well, which which wasn't obviously not the biggest storyline, but that was quite a big storyline as well. But obviously it had the biggest storyline of, of blacks, of, of co- people of colour, um, and the, the, the not being able to be on TV and the discrimination and, and things like that. So obviously with what's happening in the world right this second, um, it's quite a, an apt musical because it, it, I think personally it's needed at the moment because it shows that people can be, some people obviously can be, be not nice and all this, but, but most people aren't like that. And, and obviously Colony is one of the ones that do stand in the forefront of, of support and, and help with the, the, the people, uh, with the people. So that sounds so nasty there. I'm trying to watch how I'm watching things here. Uh, but Sammy, she asks, um, do you think that here it's the right time with the current situation to do hairspray or is it what the world's needing right now oh it's absolutely what the world's needing right now it it's for me um the more i am learning about the situation i'm in the past few days i've i've been reading as much as i can and watching interviews and watching people's stories and watching people tell their stories um, I think that at the moment a lot of people are focusing on the um, negativities and that is completely valid and it's a, what has happened is horrific. What a lot of people are saying is when all these riots and everything is over, where do we go from here? And it's about lifting and it's about raising your voice and it's about telling these stories. It's about lifting the the voices of black people and telling their stories so that we are educating people the thing about hairspray is that you go in there expecting to see a story about a chubby little girl who wants to dance on tv and you come out with a history lesson and i was literally um I was we've got a, a cast WhatsApp group going and I, I woke up the other morning when all of this had had um been happening and I just sent them a little message to all the cast and just said, Look, I know these conversations are difficult to have, but they are very necessary. Um and I just want to open the conversation sort of thing. But because this is what our show is about. Having having been one of the I think there's three of us in the cast of the Coliseum that have done the show before. Having been one of them, I, I know what the show is about um, and I, I, I want to bring that to the forefront of this discussion and say it. And I was thinking about it and there's a line that Motormouth says just before she sings, I know where I've been. Um, and she says, so you tried once and you failed. You can't get lazy when things get crazy. And then she asked Tracy why she did it and everything. And she says, um, children, you are you are not the first to try and you will not be the last. And that's, 
that's it. You, it's happened for for years before. That's why we're at this in this situation. It's been 400 years of this, and people are tired. But until you tell those stories, you can't educate people, and people can't understand how you're going to progress. And I think coming out with a show like Hairspray when all this is over, when all the COVID-19 thing is over, is going to put that at the forefront and it's going to educate people. I hope it educates people and I hope people see a completely different side of a community that they may not know a lot about without scaring them because there are a lot of people that would not necessarily go and see something like that because they are too scared or they are too ignorant to go and educate themselves on that matter and hairspray as i said you go in thinking you're going to see michael ball in the dress and a story about chubby girl who wants to dance on tv and you come out with a story about integration and that is the most amazing thing there's there's two line two moments in my career when i can sit there and say the wave of love coming back from the audience to the stage has overwhelmed me is um, in Kinky Boots, the finale of Kinky Boots and Raise You Up when the entire cast starts strutting at the audience in the high heels and in Hairspray, the moment that Tracy gets on the TV show is a big moment, but the moment Tracy says in You Can't Stop the Beat, she goes, so come on, come on. And everyone comes and they dance together. And the, the ensemble are paired up with the Motormouth kids and the nicest kids. And each, each white person has a black person to dance with. And it's the, the first time that they are dancing together on TV. And it's the most amazing experience because the audience just go mental because they've sat there for the entire show wanting this to happen because they believe in it based on what this little girl has told them and it gets to that point and it's it's just pure love and people walk out just going that was the most amazing thing i used to go home on cloud nine from that show and i did it for two years and it was the most amazing experience so i've waffled again yeah, fine. Yeah. no no yeah that's what it's very relevant it's very relevant and we should definitely have it back please what, one more kind of question about about this, and, and then we'll, we'll kind of finish it. Ashley, he wants to know, do you, well, the, do you think, because obviously it's all up in the air at the moment because of COVID, but do you think the producers will use the platform to help BLM or Black Life Matters and put more emphasis on the black storyline rather than Tracy's? Or do you think they'll just play it as normal because it, it has that emphasis there already? Um. This is from your, your, uh, so this is from your, your think, obviously. Yeah, I hope they will. Um, I hope they will do that. I hope that that story is at the forefront of it. But having said that, as I just said in response to the previous question, um, I don't know if a lot of people out there for whatever reason, fear, ignorance, would necessarily put themselves in the theatre watching that story. That's not a good thing, but 
part of, part of me thinks if you're going to give people a history lesson and that they don't necessarily want to have or they're too scared to have, if you can give it to them sneakily without them realizing it, what's wrong with that? They're going to learn something. They're going to be educated and they're going to feel something. And they're going to meditate at the same time. Yeah. And they're going to come out having a ball and loving it. Yes. Well, you can't, you know, like, it's one of the best, one of the most iconic endings to a musical. Change it slightly up now oh, and bring it back to the house. It's one of the, you can sort of be, is, is one of, certainly one of the most iconic finishes on endings, just finale is the word. Oh yeah, there's um there's a I don't know if you know there's there's a book called Hairspray the Roots, which is um like a coffee table book all about um how hairspray was created. And they they talk and in it the creators of the show talk about um I know where I've been, uh and it being the big eleven o'clock number and how it it normally goes to the lead of the show. So why doesn't Tracy have the 11 o'clock number? Because, well, because, that's, not, because that's not the story we're telling. The story we're telling is the story of the segregation and the integration of the Corny Collins show. In the guise of, we all just want to dance together on TV. So the 11 o'clock number goes to Motormouth Maybell so she can tell people exactly why this needs to happen. And then I'm the idiot that has to follow it. But that's like you. After you, Marissa Wallace brings the house down, and then it's like, and then I come up with my little can. Yeah, it's hairspray. Literally. What gives you car? I don't know the words. So I'm not going to start saying. Uh, so no, that's that's yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to to Marisha Wallace. Like she is an absolute powerhouse. Like I've seen her in Dreamgirls. I've seen her in a uh, waitress. I've seen her own concert. She is an absolute powerhouse. So I'm really looking for. As soon as I announced, I'm like yes. Like we we, we sat when there's a show announced. We me and a, not not Robbie, but another friend that I've got who loves theatre. We sat and we 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 kind of come up with people that we think might. And not we're not just talking celebrities here. We we know that obviously the likes are people that oh, yeah, are good yeah. in theatre as well um, and we sat and kind of thought and obviously most of my maybe has to go to somebody of, of, of black race uh, without mm. doubt there's no um, I think so who in theatre world could fill that role be, be old enough because you've got to I'm not saying Marisha's old in any way but you've got to be old enough to, to play that part you can't have like unfortunately the girl that's playing Little Inez couldn't play Motormouth Bell because she's not old enough. Um, I'm sure she'll be great. I'm not saying anything about, about her, but that she's not old enough to play Motormouth Bell. Marisha was one of the first names that came to my head for her. I'm thinking, hmm, right, okay. Um, her or, or Sandy Clark was the only other person I could think of. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as Marisha, I'm like, yes. Yes, 100%. That will work. Before I've even heard it, that will work. <laughs> um, that yes. 100%. I don't know anything. I don't know how musical theatre works behind backstage, but I know as an audience member that will work. Anyway, Chrissy asks, talking about working, uh, do you think, and we're not saying anything against Lizzie here, by the way, we're just saying, do you think nobody as Tracy will work? From a public point of view. Yeah, so, so Lizzie hasn't really done very much. Like, obviously, Michael Ball's a, a big name 
do you think it should have went to a bigger name to help sell the show, show or do you think Lizzie? And I was saying we're not looking for Lizzie's ability or anything like that here. That's no, Tracy's, Tracy's never been a, a celebrity. Um, from Ricky Lake, Ricky Lake in the original movie wasn't Ricky Lake when yeah. she was cast as Tracy Turnblad. Marissa Jarrett-Winnaker was not Marissa Jarrett-Winnaker when she was cast as Tracy. Marissa Jarrett-Winnaker wasn't going to play it. She did all the workshops and she fought her way to get that part, thinking they would cast someone, you know, who was a bit, had a bit more of a profile. Um, when we did it in 2007, Leanne Jones was not a star. She had graduated from college. She'd done a couple of things and she was working at a call center at the time to, you know, to pay the bills and the rent and everything. And then she was Leanne Jones, who was Tracy in, in Hairspray. And Lizzie has, has worked. Lizzie's worked quite a lot. And a lot of people within the industry know Lizzie and know how incredible she is. But as you say, she's not a big public name. And she's going to be. The girl's a star. And, oh, I, I, and, I've, seen, I've seen her. Personally, I've seen oh, her. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm a Peter yeah, yeah, it, it will work. And it works because of that. Because you're not going in there to see so-and-so as Tracy Turnblad. Because there's, a, there's an argument for you cast a very well-known person in a massive role like that. And you, it takes the audience a while to get into that. If no one knows exactly who that girl is on that stage, the second she opens her mouth or the, the light comes up on her, she is Tracy Turnblad. And that, that's all the people in the audience need to know. And that's all they care about. And she's lying in the bed at the start. <laughs> lying. Standing in the yes. bed. Lying in the bed as she's oh. standing at her feet. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant how it just splits away and everything. It's great. great. It's a great fun show. Uh, obviously, it has the the the, the, the big uh, message at the end, or throughout, but the big obviously with, with uh, um, Mauritius, no Mauritius, <laughs> Motor Mouth maybe was big eleven o'clock number, but it still has its fun moments. It has um, probably what, certainly I wouldn't say my my favourite, my one, my first favourite, my top one, but certainly my top five favourite songs with I can I can hear the bells. I love that song. Oh my god. And also, randomly, you ask anyone, well, I say you ask anyone, a lot of people who have ever been in Hairspray, what's your favourite song from Hairspray? Without Love. Yeah, I like that one too. That song's amazing. See, my problem with that is I can't listen to that one without imagining Zac Efron, but that's just, that's the film's fault. <laughs> <laughs> and that's also slightly because I'm a crush, but that's a different story. <laughs> but yes, uh, last a fan question it's not really a question but Lucy wants to, to know can we hear a sneak peek of Corny can you hear a sneak peek of Corny I yeah. don't know is there any footage of me doing it on YouTube there's not <laughs> no but that's why we're asking um, uh, Lucy's asking not us uh, what can I say when I, will I get in trouble um, I won't sing because I haven't warmed up uh, um, what is my first line? What is my first line? Oh, my first line is, hey there, Teenage Baltimore, don't change that channel because it's time for the Corny College Show brought to you by Ultra Plus Chair Spritz. There we go. There, go. there we go. That, that, was, that was good. That I mean, who knows what I'll do by the time we actually get <laughs> it. Okay. It'll be more Southern than it'll be more, completely different, but we've got a, we've got a, a sneak peek. 
That's what Lucy wanted. So that brings us to the end of the, the fans' questions. Uh, all that's left uh, is the, the quick fire round. Uh, I don't know why I keep calling it that because it literally has never been a quick fire round. Uh, ends up being kind of 10 minutes for each question, but that's it, sorry. So, is it like the musical theatre chasers version or something? <laughs> you get the lights and <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. No, it's not 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 those kind of questions. Don't worry, it's not going to test your knowledge or anything. Yeah. So, who played uh, Sweeney Todd in the 2011 version of this? No, it's not that kind of question. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's some questions about you, about Michael, rather than the parts you've played. Um, right, not okay. you, but about, to find out more about you. The okay. first question is: What is your favourite musical theatre song? Doesn't have to be oh. one you've performed. It can be any. Someone asked me something about this the other day. Um, and I think it's a really, really harsh question to ask <laughs> because there are too many songs out there. Um, but I will go with what I said to the other person the other day because of all the things it gives me right. as a musical theatre fan. I wish I made from The Witch of Eastwick. Ooh. That's a good one. Yes, that's yes. Not a not a commonly known musical, but that's a good one. Yes. Um. Right. Okay. So, what would be your dream role? So, if you could have any role, regardless of age, race, and like that, what would your dream role be? Baker's wife and Into the Woods. Oh, Baker's wife. Yeah. Hang on. Oh, you said you said. Anything regardless of race and things, did you mean gender as well? No, I didn't because that's the next question. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> to answer your next question, the Baker's what, wife. What's your dream gender bend role be? Baker's wife. Um, okay, not gender bend role. Um, I would love to do Joe Gillis in Sunset Boulevard. Right, yes, that's a good one. I would love to do... I always wanted to do Rusty and Starlet Express, but I'm far too tall. I'd be like a giant on roller skates. Um, it's a very dangerous musical. Uh, also, yeah, I'd probably go... I would be a, a walking cast. Um, I saw an amateur production of Starlight and they went through 17 cast members changes in the one run because it was only amateur, so it was students, but yes. That's terrifying. Yes. Um, I'd love to do The Phantom. Oh, I could see that, yes, I could see that. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just listing things now. I want to yeah, do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. Just just get into air musical, you know. I'm a I'm a I'm a nineties nineties musical theatre boy, obviously. List all the underwood rubber off. Well, the thing is, Sunset Boulevard, the movie's coming out well, I say soon, but Glenn Close keeps bringing it back and back and back every time she mentions it. But that will be coming, so maybe that'll relight a relaunch oh, and a revival in the yeah. West End. We'll put it out there. You know, you know, so just uh, Michael would like to, to play 
if there's a revival, just keep his name in mind, you know. Uh, it's obviously fine, but Jen Benroll, you said, was the baker's wife uh, in, yeah. in Into the Woods, which would be a good part, yes, definitely. And last question is, what is your top five shows? Again, you don't have to have been in them. You can have been in them, but you don't have to. Okay. Um, Into the Woods is my favourite show. Right, yeah. <clears throat> um, Gypsy. Oh, yes. Um, funny Girl. I'm not like a stereotypical gay musical theatre loving man or anything. Gypsy, Into the Woods, Funny Girl. Hairspray, um, <laughs> uh, because it's it's what I call a perfect musical. Yeah. Um, and and it keeps up with the gay, gay musical. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. I can see that by the way because I am one of them. Just to make that clear to everybody <laughs> watching at home. Like I can see that because I am a gay loving musical. Uh, musical lover. Uh oh! Last one. Last one. Last one. Mm. Which of Eastwick? I love it. I just love it. There I goes. remember going to it when I was little and being uh, obsessed. It, no, it's revival. It's been it's been quite a while since it was on, hasn't it? It was on at the I want to say Piccadilly, but wasn't it the Phoenix? Wasn't no, it? It started at, it started at uh, Drury Lane and then it moved to the Prince of Wales after that. Um, yeah, and it was, I mean, when would that have been? That would have been in the 90s, surely. Yeah, I'm going to um, say mid-90s. Yeah, at least. So it's been mid a while. late 90s. Get it back. It's been a while. Bring it back. I think it did off-Broadway recently. I'll say recently, in the last kind of 10 yeah. years. It's done off-Broadway. Yeah, it's, it's, never, it's never made it to Broadway itself. Oh. So they need to do that as well. Which is it? Please could be your uh, Broadway run. We will attach below the link to find the petition for the revival of Witches of Eastwick. <laughs> Please <laughs> sign. <laughs> write to your MP, write to Cameron McIntosh. It I don't think your MP really cares at the moment about Witches of Eastwick. No, no offence here, Michael, right? They don't care about much at the moment, but I certainly don't think they'd care about that. I care. So. <laughs> Look at it and go, what's this? Michael wants the Witches of Eastwick? Ah, oh, they go away. <laughs> Uh, that, we've got bigger fish to fry at the moment than the Witches of Eastwick. Uh, we might need the Witches of Eastwick by the time this is all finished. Uh, <laughs> anyway, one last thing before before we say goodbye. Have you heard of the Ice Bucket Challenge? I, I have. I did the Ice Bucket Challenge. So you've done it before. That's good to know. We're not going to ask you to do that. Yeah, we're not going to ask you to do it, don't worry. But obviously, with doing that, you did it, you pulled the ice over, and then you had to nominate somebody. Yeah. So what we've started is the West End Talks nomination. Right. And all we ask you to do is, on the video, uh, on the recording, nominate somebody just now. It can be anyone you want from Theatre World, um, on or off stage, it doesn't have to be on. Um, somebody with a bit of, like, you, you know, you can talk to and things, you can get them in. Because the point is to get them in to do a, a chat. 
with us. Right. Uh, so, and then all we ask you to do is once you've finished the video, go on to Twitter and put up a tweet, just done my talk with West End Talks, now it's your turn, and tag both of us, both us, West End Talks, and that person in that tweet. So who would you like to nominate? Jordan Fox. That's a good one, yes. Right, okay. So at the end then, go onto Twitter, tag Jordan Fox in a tweet, just saying that you've done, uh, just done a talk, something like that, it doesn't have to be exactly, but just done a talk with Wesson Talks, Jordan Fox, it's your turn, and we'll try and get him in to do a talk. That'd be good. He's but, got nothing else to do, he's sat at home, he's got nothing else to do, he might as well. Say nothing. I'll text him uh, now and be like, hey, can you just... Yeah, just come in and do it. Yeah, for failing. <laughs> but no, thank thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it's been an absolute thank pleasure getting me. No, no, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. All that's left for you guys at home is just to remember that me and Michael aren't just here for fun. I, I'm sure we did have fun. I'd like to hope you had fun anyway today. Uh, but we're not just here for fun. We're, we're here to help raise money for acting for others who are out there to support the actors. Not just at the moment. Um, but at the, for, for um, the full year round as well. Uh, so please, if you can donate anything at all, pop it into the link below. Anything is, as little as you can uh, would be very helpful and we'll appreciate it. Um, and next up, uh, for our next video, we have Christian Lavercombe, who, cut, who recently played Riff Raff in the Rocky Horror Picture Show tour, uh, UK tour. So I'm going to have to get my leggings and stocking suspenders out for that one, I think. <laughs> no, you don't want to see that, I can assure you, you do not want to see that. But thank you very much for joining us, and Michael, thank you once again for, for taking part. It was an absolute, absolute pleasure. pleasure. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you, and take care. Bye, guys. Yeah, they're the nicest, nicest. Whoa.